and uh, happy birthday to the birthday boy. Oh, I mean man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pastor Al. Amen. <laughs> happy birthday. We love you guys. And uh, I want to thank God for your life. And besides that, God is just giving him a fantastic new job. Amen. <laughs> These guys have been with us for so long. And I've, I saw a period of time when it was so tough, difficult. But I was telling Pastor Al, while I was coming into the sanctuary, I couldn't understand that period. It was rough, like very, very rough. Never seen anything. We had maybe a couple of more people going through that. And I'm saying, God, what's going on? Because it didn't make sense. Uh, but since that time, uh, all I've seen with his life is just like this. And that's the way God does it. When he starts, he perfects it. Amen. Don't, figure, don't try to figure out where he's going. Just ride. Amen. Amen. Please, let's go with this. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. So, um, thank you very much. <laughs> Wonderful time of worship. But I want to go into a message uh, with Arrow this one I started last week, Wednesday. In the image of Christ. In the image of Christ. This is what God wants for us to get into that image of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. I mean, I kind of go back a little bit. It says, and he himself, that's God himself, Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and some teachers for the equipping of the saints. So every time you listen to an evangelist, you are being equipped. Every time you listen to a pastor, you are being equipped. I mean, it's not a physical equipment like they come and put something over you. It's the Word of God. So the key thing is to make yourself available to the Word of God. That's the way it is. That's why we get some evangelists here. We get people, prophets here, so that the church will be equipped. So God's equipping the church for the work of the ministry. So every one of us is being equipped because you have a work. Your work is the ministry. You don't have to be a pastor. The pastor's job is to equip you. But you are in ministry. With the Lord Jesus, you are truly a ministry. God has called you to a ministry. You remember I said, Jesus himself said, you did not choose me. I chose you. And I ordain you. If you're going to go out as a minister, the organization wants to ordain you. But you don't have to wait for the ordination. You have been ordained from heaven. You have a ministry. I believe that Christians that don't understand this, they just go to church. On Sunday morning, you have a ministry in the church. Find your ministry. 
Find your ministry in the church. Find where God has placed you. Don't go to a church and say, I don't, I don't feel useful. Find something to do. When Angel and I went to the, uh, got to the worship center, I, I was a pastor of a church in, in a, a college station. And so I, got, I wasn't doing anything. But I enjoyed going to street church. They gave me the microphone to preach. That was the new ministry. It was good. I loved it. That was my place. I loved going to street church, to the prison. You have a ministry. And, and, and when God's through with that, he removes you from that. Something happens. You don't know why. Something happens. He takes you from there. You may be uncomfortable, but he's bringing you into another ministry. And so until you recognize and know that you have a ministry, you're not going to feel fulfilled. And it doesn't matter how you feel. It has nothing to do with feeling. It's just recognizing that you have a ministry. God cannot say this if it were not true. You have something to add to the body of Christ in ministry. And all of these people, prophets, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, these people and pastors, they're supposed to equip you and if they're not equipping you, then they're not doing your job. But if they're equipping you and you're doing nothing, you're not doing your ministry. So God has called them to a ministry. He says, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The word edifying means the, to enlighten. To edify means to enlighten. To educate. To empower you. That's what that word means. So their job is to enlighten the body of Christ. Equip you because what you know from the word of God, that's the equipment that you're receiving from God and the servants of God to do the work of the ministry. So it's to enlighten you to the, uh, in the word of God to edify, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith. So as God opens our eyes, we all, notice what it says, we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man. So the whole body coming together as a perfect man. So we know that he's not just talking about the Ark Fellowship. He's talking about the whole body of Christ. And sometimes we miss it when we're thinking about just the Ark Fellowship. And just my church. God never dealt with individuals in Israel. He dealt, yes, he had covenants with individuals and worked with different individuals. But he dealt with the whole nation. His promises were mainly to the whole nation. Everybody was a part. There was nobody left. If you were born a Jew, you are a part of the covenant. You have a role in the kingdom. His promises were to his people. You can read Ezekiel 36. His promises, he wasn't talking to one individual. He was talking about the whole nation. And the nation as a group. So we have to understand. God's not talking just to you. You have a ministry in the body of Christ. Recognize that. 
It's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. When you know, when we started, Angel and I, we, uh, uh, some of us started the Ark Fellowship in my home. At that time, we can decide and say, well, I don't feel like God uh, wants us to do this. And we thought, and the Ark Fellowship will not be. Right now, that's not the case. The Ark Fellowship has become God's institution. This is God's. It belongs to God. If Jesus tarries, Angela and I may not be here anymore. But guess what? I really firmly believe this belongs to God. It's not going down. It continue. Somebody else will be raised. So it belongs to God. It's eternal. He will stay that way. That's my faith. The ark fellowship until Jesus comes. It may not be in this location anymore. But he stays. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than every one of us. You have your place. And God has called you to contribute to what he's planting here. But when you are gone, it continues. And the others will take it over. You see, when we don't understand what God's doing, we're looking at finite things and thinking this and that. This, that's, this is bigger than us. So find your place in the body of Christ. That scripture is reading to Christians from way back then till the world ends. So see it in light of that. So it tells us, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now in 2 Timothy 2 verse 19, I don't know if I gave you that. <laughs> he says, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. The Lord knows those who are his. Not everybody that will attend the, church, the Ark Fellowship is his. Not everybody that attends this large church belongs to him. He knows his people. And those people he will equip for the work of the ministry. He will continue to edify them, to teach them. Till they come to the knowledge of the Son of God, the knowledge as you, we're going to come to it, as you receive more enlightenment from the Word of God, you're becoming more and more like Him, as He says, to become the perfect man to the measure of the stature of Christ. That's where God's going. But not just one individual, the whole body. Till we come to the measure of the stature of Christ. The stature of, and the, uh, of the fullness of Christ. So that's what this is all about. God wants wanting to bring us there. Now, this is what I, I believe. What God wanted, and then we talked about this a little bit last week. But God says, let us make man, it's about image. Let us make man in our own image. And in our likeness. But Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. So God's original plan from before the world was, was to make man in his likeness. In other words, once you see the man, not just in his image, but in his likeness. He looks just like him. And God carefully 
crafted Adam, made Adam, molded Adam to look just like himself. God wanted, and I said, not just a carbon copy, a mirror image of himself. And God says, before this thing came, God says, be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth. What's this plan? Fill the earth with people that look just like God. That was his original plan. And God has not changed. The plan is still the same. That hasn't changed. Satan came and messed up the plan. But God has another way. He sent his son that looked exactly like him. Just like the first Adam. Now he wants us to be transformed to look just like the son. And then the rest of them that don't look like his son, he's going to put away. Amen. And then forget them. That's a terrible thing. But then in his kingdom, everyone that is around, they all look like him. That's his original plan. That's what this is all about. That's why God says, go get them. He knows those who are his. Get them and I'll transform them. Make them look like my son. But when he, when he created Adam, you can see his intent. What he really wanted. He says, let us make man in our image, in our own likeness. And let him have dominion. When you look like him, you have dominion. When you carry his image, you have dominion. You are like the first Adam before the sin. You are like the first Adam before he sin. There is that fellowship. And it's like you're part of him. That's what it is. And Adam had dominion. Adam lost it, but Jesus has brought it back. And the fullness of it is coming when he returned to the earth. You see, the Bible tells us, and if you read Ephesians, you begin to see something coming out. The book of Ephesians. The word you read a lot is in him, in Christ, in whom. Because everything has to be until if the system changes, everything has to be in him until everything is manifested to be just like him. And that's the end of it. So when you read in Ephesians, you see that happening over and over again. So believe me, yes, you're going through your own issues. But this thing is bigger than what you're going through. And God is with you as an individual and is working in your life as an individual, not just for you, but because of the kingdom. You belong to the kingdom. If you're hurting and suffering and things are not working out for you, then the kingdom is suffering. When your toe hurts, the rest of the body hurts. You're part of the kingdom of God. When you lack, your toe is lacking, the rest of the body feels it. And so when you cry out, the rest of the body needs to help. And the head, of course, is going to make it, make it good. 
That's what this is all about. If we will believe and have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you hear the word and you believe the word, you are being transformed in your soul. Faith rises up in your soul and you're saying, I cannot be this way anymore. Things have got to change. And the world transforms you into a new person. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The world transforms you. The more of the word you receive, the more transformation in your life you get. And the closer you get to his image. And the closer you get to his image, the more authority you recognize that you have. The more you recognize. Now, I'm going to do this. Stand up, stand up, stand up. I know we are in church. Yes, stand up. So good. The more authority you realize you have, tell your body, I look just like him. Amen. And, and then tell your body, if he cannot have cancer, you can't come in here. Amen. Cancer is not a part of my life. Say it with me. Cancer can never be a part of my life. Cancer can never. You know why I use cancer? Because that's what people fear the most. If you have headache, they'll tell you where to go. Go to Walmart and get something. It's easy for them. As if one is bigger than the other with regards to God. Okay? But when we hear the word cancer, oh God. He has what? Cancer. We immediately see the end. <laughs> but with Jesus, no end. We were created to look just like him. Or let me use the word. We were recreated to look just like him. And if him can have cancer, this cannot have cancer. I am a part of the body of Christ. Say it with me. I am a part of the body of Christ. There is no part of his body that is diseased. Spiritual body. But we bring the manifestation of it into the earth. That's why we say, the Lord is my. And what goes after that? I, it, it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. You may have situations. I'm making you stand. Please be seated. <laughs> you may have situations that make you feel like you are in want. That's a false symptom. The head cannot be different from the body. What happens to the head, how the head feels, the body will feel. When my head feels this way, definitely if your head is feeling bad, and really, really bad. You're not going anywhere. Please understand that. He wanted us to carry his image. That's God's original intent. Not just his image, but his likeness. To look just like him. Act just like him. Because if you carry his likeness, and your actions are different, you don't look like him. You don't carry his likeness. And you can't make that happen. Adam didn't create himself. God created Adam. And gave him life. The same God creates us. And gives us life. 
and transforms us to look like him. God can do it. And all he's asking for is for us to believe him. For us to believe him. And you know what you're hearing is what transforms us. Transforms us. Faith comes by hearing. As you hear the word, if you had fear, as you begin to hear the word and faith begins to rise, guess what? Fear begins to leave. And once fear is gone, you know you got it. Nobody can stop you anymore. That's the way it is. Because you've come to know the truth. Once you know the truth, fear and doubt leaves you. You can doubt for a whole month, two months, a year. But once the truth begins to dawn on you, the fear leaves. Situation hasn't changed, but you're not afraid anymore. Because you know you got God on your side. And the scripture says, if God be for us and is for you, you look just like him. If God be for us, who can be against us? And that's the truth of the word of God. No wonder Paul says, you Christians, you live like mere men. And I say, Paul, we are men. Right? Mere men, he says, you are not like the rest of them. They are mere men. But you, God lives in you. John 14 verse 20, Jesus says, at that day, you will know that... I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. That's the way he wants it. Until the reformation, until God changes everything, what he wants right now is you having his image in him. In him. And so you read in Ephesians, he says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what? Every spiritual blessing in where heavenly places in Christ. He has blessed us, all believers. With every, not some, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Notice that word, in Christ. We have been in Christ. As long as I'm in Christ, I have all my needs met. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us. That's a key word. He chose us in, again, that's the word. He chose us in him. You're not chosen on your own. He chose you in Christ. It has to be in him. The blessing in him. He's all in Jesus. You can't get the blessing anywhere else. I used the word, I said blessings. He didn't say blessings. He said blessing. One. Blessing. In heavenly places, in Christ. Just as he chose us in him. Before the foundation of the world. And Jesus was slain where? When? Before the foundation of the world. 
And before the foundation of the world, God already knew you. And he chose you. Don't ask me why. He knows all things. Knowing beforehand that he is God. He knew beforehand. He knew you beforehand. You may sit here today and wonder why. No, God knew you before you were born. Before the foundation of the world. That's how big this is. You were chosen by him. And he said, well, why didn't he choose others? I don't know. But he knows all things. And he figured that this one would be good for my kingdom. And he chose you. He chose us before the foundation of the world. That we, look at what he chose us for now. That we should be what? Holy. Sanctified. Set apart for him. as the word. Set apart for him. Set apart from the multitudes for me. That's why Second uh, Corinthians chapter 6, I believe verse 14. Come out from among them and be separate. That's what the word says. He chose you from among them to be separate, holy, set apart for him. He tells us in the word to be holy and without blame. And without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Predestined, that's a big word, that says God predetermined that. God predetermined that this is the way I want it. He predetermined that. To adoption as sons by Jesus Christ. So we are adopted children of the living God. Through Jesus, according to the good pleasure of his will. God likes it that way. Amen? God likes it. He just likes it. This is the way he wants. So you as a child of God, please understand. It's not because, it's not now. This was before the world was. God had liked it that way. So it's much bigger than, well, there's no wonder Paul, he just wants to know. I want to know him. Because this is bigger than what we can ever understand. It's much bigger than you and I. I want to know him. I want to understand the fellowship of his sovereign. I want to be just like him. To know him. According to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace. (laughs) Praise of the glory of his grace. By which he had made us accepted in the beloved. We talked about this on Sunday. In In him, again notice the word, in him we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will. So we understand the mystery of his will. It's it's a mystery to them outside, but you should know it. He has made it known. He has made the mystery known. 
<laughs> you know what the mystery is? He planned it from before the world. And he chose you. That's his will. He chose you according to his will. His good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. That this is the reason that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things. In where? In Christ. Everything inside him. That's the dispensation we are in now. Both which are in heaven and which are on the earth. Everything in him. That's his purpose. And if you read in scriptures, I want to talk about God's purpose a little bit more. If you read in scriptures, I know we, we, we quote scriptures a lot. You know, this scripture, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, beginning first verse 28. It says, for we, for we what? We know. Do you know? Do you know? He has revealed to us the mystery of his will. Right? And because of that, you know. And we know. I was telling you all this, but in addition, I know that you know that all things, say it with me, all things, we know that all things work together for good. So those who love God, and you love God, you can't help yourself. You're here. He called you. You responded. That's the love of God in you. He poured out his love in your heart. Romans 5 verse 5. God poured out his love in your heart. Don't say I can't love. You can. And if you're not loving, that means you're not willing. You have the ability to. Because God has already poured out his love in your heart. Not just to love him, but to love your fellow man. You can. Yes, there are circumstances that will come, but... I love my brethren in Christ. I'm always happy to see my Christian brothers and sisters. I love them. Whether they agree with me or disagree with me, don't matter. I see how I love them. And that's why I tell you many times, you, you, when I've made my mistake here, you, I'm okay with it, I'm happy with it, because you have been commended to love me, whether you like it or not. And if you don't love me, you're in real trouble with daddy. Okay? So I, I have to love. He says, and we know that all things work together for good. No matter what's going on in your life, he may be making you miserable at this time. Remember, it's not your purpose. It's his purpose in Christ. If God allows it, it's not because of you, but for the glory of his kingdom in Christ. He chose you before the world was in him. So if you're going through something as a child of God, you are going through it in him. Is he aware of what's happening in him? You bet he knows. He knows what's going on. And if he's making you uncomfortable, guess what? He's making him uncomfortable as well. It's the truth. That's just the truth. To gather all things together in him. For we know all things work together to, 
for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. You love God, but His purpose overrides your purpose. His purpose is was supreme, not your purpose. You know, I like to remind myself of Joseph. Joseph, in his father's house, was the beloved son. Joseph wouldn't have chosen to go to Egypt. Right? And the way to Egypt was bitter. To be left in a dry well and put there by your brothers, that's not fun. The pain of being in a dry well is bad enough. But realizing that your brothers are doing this to you and eating while you are there and having fun, that doesn't feel good. But that was God's purpose. Today we say Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. Judah was one of those putting him in that, in that dry well. Right? And you think Joseph was so favored of God, so Jesus has to come through Joseph. No. He has his purpose. He's hard for us to figure it out. But that was Joseph's path to where God wanted him. And what God wanted is to save the house of Israel in a time of famine and to preserve them. But Joseph was the one he chose. But the path wasn't pretty. If Joseph had complained, not only would uh, would Joseph have died, but the whole family. So, all things work together for good. So, those who love God and those who are called according to His purpose. His purpose. If I go by my purpose, I remember the time Angela and I, we, we just want to go back to Nigeria. That's where we are from. Amen. We'll do. But that's not God's purpose. Amen. That's not God's purpose. I came to get an education, steal all the knowledge that America has, and go back to my country. But God has his purpose. And he works it out. Through difficulties and problems, and you can't do anything about it, and you just say, Well, I can't do anything about it, I'll just sit here and wait. And God works it. So it's his purpose. For verse 29, for or use the word because. So all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, because. Say the word with me. Because or for. The reason why he does that is this. For whom he foreknew. So whatever God's allowing in your life, he already knew. For the one he foreknew, he also predestined. In other words, predetermined to be called, sorry, predetermined to conform to the image of his son. So, he knew you 
whatever you're going through, all things are working together. And what's God doing? He's using all of that to confirm you. His purpose is to, you need to get to that image, okay? <laughs> the more you struggle with what he wants to do, and you resist getting to the image, uh, your path is going to be really long. You go over and over again in the wilderness. You know about that, right? Over and over again until you learn your lesson and you are willing to be conformed. So the main thing God wants with everything that's happening in your life what he really wants is to transform your life till you get to the very image of Christ. That's the word says. All things work together for good. So no matter what's happening, it's going to turn out well. But what God wants is for you to conform to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. The firstborn, if there is the firstborn, there's going to be the secondborn and the thirdborn. God wants a family, but every member of the family looking exactly like his son. And what he wants is from your, your life, because you were on the other side, you come into the kingdom, you are adopted. He walks through the world, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, and all of that. They are, through the word of God, they are there, and the problems that come into your life, the Bible says everyone that will live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. You'll go through different trials and troubles. But all of those things are there to polish you and make you conform to the image of his son. The image of Christ. So all things work together for good because God's at work in your life. And the Bible says that. He is at work your co-worker with him, and you are the project. And the work is to transform you to look just like his son. But once God is getting you there through enlightenment, and you get to know him, you're just like his son. You know, I used to read the scriptures, and it used to really bother me when I was a new Christian, because it seemed like just few people in church I mean, you read the, the gospel according to the gospel, all of them, John, all of them. You see so much power. And he says, as an unbeliever, I just wish I lived in that time. Just to see these things. It's amazing. There's a man being taken to his grave, to his burial. And here comes Jesus. And all of a sudden, the mother that was crying, thinking the son was gone forever. You know how final death is. Now she's going home with her son. I like to see that. And then I thought, well, Jesus has gone to the cross. If you're reading the Bible for the first time, right? Jesus has gone to the cross, and you're thinking, oh, my God, who's going to do this now? And then you go into Acts of the Apostle. It's like Jesus didn't die. He's still around. Do exactly the same. Exactly the same. Yeah. He took them three years. It took him three years to train them. Right? And after three years, they were doing, and I'm wondering, long, Lord, how long is it going to take for you to train me? Just like that. But his purpose is to transform you 
and conform you to the image of his son. You can see that. In him, in Christ, you look just like him. I am the vine, you are the branches. That's what the word tells us. To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, moreover, whom he predestined or predetermined, this he also called. If he knew you from the foundation when the time comes, foundation of the world, he called you. And this is clear because Jesus said, you did not choose me. I chose you. That's what he said. You didn't. Sometimes we want to feel, there's a little bit of, I did it. We like that. And I'm sure the disciples were thinking, what's wrong with the rest of them? How can they see that this is the real son of God? And Jesus said, now let me tell you something. You didn't choose me. I chose you, okay? And that's very humbling, okay? But I like that. He picked you out from the world. And there is a reason why he picked you. And I want to find out why. It's a lifetime of discovery. Where I have to cry out to God, why? What's my role? In the kingdom of God. I know everybody doesn't have to stand behind the pulpit and speak. But I want to know why you chose me. Before the world was. That's, that's huge. That's really big. And will God show you? Yes, he will. There was never a time in scripture where anybody asked Jesus or any of his disciples asked him a question and he didn't answer. You can't show me one time. Even if it was a silly question, they still got an answer. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he was with them and he was able to talk to them, now he won't talk to me, then they had an advantage. But God is not a respecter of persons. And Jesus said, it was better for you that I go away, so you don't see me to answer your questions, but when I leave, I will send the Holy Spirit, who is the Lord of the church today, he is the one in charge, he says when he is come, he will tell you all things. He's still here speaking to us. And if you really want to know, he'll show you was supposed to be. So that's his purpose. He is the firstborn among many brethren. The firstborn knew what the father called him to, right? Jesus knew his mission. I've got to know my mission. Because my mission in obeying him transformed me, transforms me into his image. And so when we are in his image, the enemy sees us, devil sees us, and he knows, yes, Jesus is coming. No wonder we are called Christians, little Christ, right? We walk around Christians. And so the enemy sees us, little Christ doesn't mean Jesus is big, and I'm there. we are wanting because we are in him. So when the devil sees us, he sees Jesus. <laughs> we are in him, and he is in us, and he is in the Father. It's the mystery that Paul says, the mystery of the gospel of Christ. There is a mystery in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says, God has revealed it to us. 
We know it. He lives in us. He lives in us. Jesus is living his life through us today. And we carry his image. Today you say he has his his DNA. They can prove once they take something from you that has any kind of cell, they can tell to whom you belong. We carry his DNA. And that DNA must be respected by the devil at all times. Amen? We carry his image. Notice what he says. He predestined us. He called us. And whom he called, he also justified. Justified, he made righteous. So we were not righteous, but when he called us, he made us righteous. Because we can't be a part of him until we are like him. He made us righteous. We have the righteousness of Christ. So you don't have to do anything to be a part of him except to believe. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that is not of yourself. It's just God's work that brings you and you look just like him. So those he justified mean he made righteous. And those that he made righteous, he also glorified. What does that mean? Glorified meaning when he calls you and justifies you, makes you righteous, glorified it transforms you to his image. That's the glory. You were called to be glorified. Your calling is for you to be glorified. And you will not be fully glorified until you have his image fully on your, in your life. But that comes, and then we're going to go through this. Not much time. But that comes as we submit to the word. Let me give you this. You know, the Bible says, you watch the word of God and you are transformed. It's like a mirror, right? It's the word. You've been transformed from glory to glory. More and more, as you stay with the word, you're becoming more like him. Even though you don't know what's going on, you don't understand it, but God's doing it. God's doing it. God's doing it. God's transforming us. I'm going to read this scripture and then we'll quit. Um, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, basically he's saying when they read these scriptures in the, in the Old Testament, there's always a veil. Right? It's a veil. The Bible talks about that. And when Jesus died on the cross, remember the veil was torn from top to the bottom. And then Moses, when he came, they had to put a veil over his face. And so, you see, God is consistent. There's a reason. So, but it says, there's a veil when they reach the Lord. Because Moses had that. And the veil to the holy place. You go in there, you die. Death is really important. Because when you go into, behind the veil, your natural life is gone. 
If you come out of that place at all, living, you got your spiritual life. I am crucified with Christ. Know the scripture? Nevertheless, I live. But let me finish the scripture here. Nevertheless, when we turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Who is the Lord? Jesus. He is the Spirit. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, how many of us, we all with unveiled face, because when we read the word in the Old Testament, there is no veil. We all with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord. As you read the word, you behold the glory of the Lord. What is happening? We are being transformed into the same what? Image from, and then here is the word glory, right? From glory to glory. Get back to his image. From glory to glory. Just by the Spirit, as by the Spirit of the Lord. Stand up with me tonight. I pray that we all understand that we are being transformed every time we come to church. And we hear the word, believe me. I have to believe that. that something is happening in my life that I'm totally unaware of. Sometimes just reading the word, you can have fears about what the future holds for you. But as you read the word and as you pray and as you quote the scriptures, the fear leaves. And then confidence is poured into your heart. And you hold on to that confidence without wavering. And God fulfills his word. You hold on to the confidence you have in Christ. Because you didn't choose him. He chose you today. And no matter what you're going through. God's aware of it. And he's going to be better. It's all for the kingdom of God. Lift your hands up tonight to the Lord. And give, just thank him. That he knew you before the foundation of the world. And tell him. You're willing. To go through the transformation. To be just like his son. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you. Thank you. Just to be like him. Just to be like the master. Lord, make us a servant. Just like Jesus. Because he came to serve. We will be like him. By the grace of our God, we humble ourselves before you today. Make us like you. Make us like you, Jesus. Hear us from heaven and transform our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.